The Press Box is here to catch you up on the latest media stories. Hosted by Brian Curtis and David Shoemaker, these guys have the insight on the biggest stories you care about. Check out The Press Box on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S, IAN.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. I'll cut that yeah. bit out. Hi everyone, welcome to Writer's House. Hope you are all safe and well. Today we're going to give out so many flowers. First of all, to Serena Williams on her unbelievable career. Then to Hector Bellerin uh, and also Alex Awobi. And finally, we're going to talk about the brilliant Luis Figo Affair documentary. Um, and joining us in a minute will be Musa Kwonga and Ryan Hun. He's with me now. Hi, mate. How you doing, bro? I'm right. How are you? Yeah, I'm really That's cool. a strong top. You like that? T- it's really, honestly, can I say... I really, really like it. And, you know, I can I, tell. You know what? I've, I've got so many, um, so, like some of the top, Adidas top, they're so cool at the moment. I've got Mexico. I've got Argentina. I've got so much stuff at the moment I'm so happy about. Man's dripping in drip. Dripping in drip. That's the one. Uh, the reason I've come in a little bit early before Musa comes on is because Go on. Like, we've got our own feed now. Right's yeah. House has its own feed. Right. So for anyone who hasn't yet subscribed actually you might have already subscribed if you're listening to this i can't figure out that i'm getting a bit meta no don't you're not meta it's fine just tell people baby search for writer's house on spotify wherever you get your podcasts and also now that we're you know kind of a little bit we're not on ringer fc Mm. so you know maybe we can talk about a few non-football bits as well (laughs) i think that's well this is what i'm quite excited about to talk about that kind of stuff yeah something like what we're going to probably do today we're working on a few things might add a few little regular segments mm-hmm. loads of flowers today as we mentioned and also there might be a wall of fame entrance inductee inductee and also i'm just looking forward to turning this into a cars 2 podcast exactly what it's going to be sing to sing to sing to is, is just that... like taking you know what i love about like not only sing one but sing to the songs that they've got in them now my, my girls go around singing unbelievable songs from back in the day it's fantastic. Uh, Great idea from these people. Yeah. Stuff. Do you know what? It's a, it's a really, it's a real shame that we can't talk about that because okay, we've got to we'll get Moose well, on. We'll do it on one of the shows. It's a real, it's, uh, should we get Moose in? Let's get him in. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. 
but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Okay, look, Moose is here now. He's on the screen. He's on the screen, baby. And Wave to Moose. <laughs> What's happening, Moose? I'm good. I'm wearing my Ajax Obviously, shirt, my actually. Obviously, my man Ryan Hunt here as well. So, uh, I'm actually wearing my Ajax shirt, I should have said. Oh, yeah. yeah but, uh, can you see my one? It's the, it's the, I can uh, indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the up to date. It's the, it's the like 2022 one. It's like I'm daily papering and everything. <laughs> Look at the flex. It's, the, it's, it's actually the up to date one. Uh, yeah, no, it's the one it's amazing. that- amazing. Yeah, it's now. Look at the sleeves, Moose. Oh my God, they're it's amazing. incredible. It's Come incredible. On, What's going on with Ajax, man, and Alias? They're just doing some unbelievable things. That looks unbelievable. Come on, look down at it. It's an audio format. <laughs> by the way. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it looks like sort of Spider-Man's training top if Spider-Man grew up in Thank Johannesburg. Thank you, it's got a vibe. But... All right, you two, come on. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, listen. <laughs> just a couple a of dudes just a little talking dripper. about their Ajax tops. Guys, the big news. It's funny because I watched it the other day. Serena Williams. Yes. You know, mm. and... Um, the goat. Yes, the goat. Um, and watched her... You know, explain that you know, she's retiring, and you know the, the love she was giving Serena. It, I, honestly, I just I just burst into tears. Did you? Mm. I did simply because I remember when Serena came. When Serena came on, obviously Venus had already done her stuff. Remember, mm. Serena v Venus was the one that mm. blasted through. You know what I mean? You can't forget it. Look, the, the the beads in the hair. She blasted through, and then we heard that she's got a sister as well. Who's coming? When you watch the film, mm. no spoilers. You know what I mean? It, it's amazing. You, ha you have to watch the film, but... Is that King Richard? Yes, King Richard. Um, and when you saw what, v what Venus done, knowing that, well, fancy that, man. She's got that sister. Oh, that sister's going to have to try and live up to mm. a big sister doing what she's doing. And I remember even in the film, I'm, you know, it's no secret when he said, you are going to be... Because she was obviously looking at Venus, doing what Venus is doing, and she, was, she wanted her time. And he's saying, be patient. Your time's coming. You are going to be the greatest of all time. Yeah. Right. And for her to deal with our sister was, and then to come and surpass her sister, surpass her sister, and a, a great sister, with everything that she's had to go through to get there, was, you know, Compton. Mm. Compton, they grew up, they, they, they started playing on those courses, those tennis courts in Compton. You know, with it's the drug dealers and the dad having to, you know, it's like, the, sto the story is amazing. Can I just say quickly, before you guys start, Will, I will never forgive Will Smith simply because what he got the Oscar for and it tarnished it for me. Mm. It's tarnished what they, they've done with his fucking stupidity and his ego. You know, so, you know, that's a, that's a whole different, different story. But well, to steal, he basically took the conversation away from it, that, didn't yes. it? It was a moment to celebrate that, what they've done, um, yeah. Honestly, Moose, honestly. If there was anything, my biggest issue with that was exactly that, 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 you know, that, that act, that slap derailed the entire conversation because what they did, what they did, I mean, I, when I heard about Serena, I didn't believe it. Mm. I didn't believe there was someone that was going to be even better. Like, not that I didn't, I, I, I didn't say they, they were lying, but it was more like, it was just, it was difficult to imagine someone. Yeah. You feel like it's just who, talk who had, really, okay, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It's, it's like, can, yeah, it's like, mm. you know, it's like saying Tiger Woods has a younger brother. Mm -hmm. yes. It's like, it was the same level, it was the same level of that. It's like, really? Tiger's got a younger brother? Like, no. Actually, can I just jump in on that? So Ben uh, Rothenberg wrote a tweet 
the other day saying, with Serena Williams now retired, the active WTA player with the most Grand Slam titles is now Venus. You're joking. Was that, that seven is, or eight? Is it? Is it seven? Wild. Uh, it's mind-blowing. But I tell you what, the thing about Serena was so striking. It's just the, how do I explain it? There are two things that I couldn't really process and have been having to take time away from social. Mm. One was when Tony, and this sounds really dramatic, when Tony Morrison passed, I basically had to like, I couldn't read the tributes because it was too overwhelming because what um, black women have to endure in our society, yeah. let alone do it at that level of excellence where everyone's coming at you and still have a life that is incredible. So the Tony Morrison thing was very difficult to process. And the Serena retirement speech was very difficult. And I saw people going, oh, like, it's the end of an era. And I just thought it's actually, I couldn't have all that kind of, it was kind of, a, it was like a grief because for a lot of people, Serena, like it was someone people turned to whenever their lives were difficult. They're like, look, at least that person's fighting. A bit like Rafa Nadal. You look at Rafa Nadal and you think if Rafa can overcome, then I can overcome. And for a lot of people, they saw themselves in Serena. Certainly a lot of, you know, black friends of mine, they were like, Serena was someone who was a real beacon for yeah. people for so long. This is the thing for people like myself or people who look like me, right? So I'm like, <laughs> White dudes in the 30s, or just white people in general, I think, who have... With no branding. No branding. No branding. I've got branding. <laughs> you just don't know what the branding is, man. <laughs> um, but we have so many... We've had so many sporting icons, especially in pretty much every sport, that look like us. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So if you... This is, F1 is a prime example. Why Lewis is so yes. special is that he's managed to elevate himself to the absolute... Like, being in the conversation for one of the greatest drivers of all time in a sport yeah. that is so so difficult to get into anyway, let alone, let alone to win a Grand Prix. There are loads of people who, so who, who are pundits who have never even won a Grand Prix, let alone a title, let alone equaling the, amount of, uh, the most amount of titles that anyone has ever won, and had to deal with all the other stuff. Mm. That, yes. For example, if someone like myself who was going into F1 at four years old or trying to go into motor racing wouldn't have to deal mm. with. Mm. Dealing with icons like Serena and Venus oh. as well before before Serena came through, and Serena said something amazing when she said, "Like, yeah, if it wasn't for Venus, yeah, she wouldn't." Yeah, and it's that's amazing. and and it's it's just doing it and elevating themselves to not just the best of their era, the but maybe like she's yeah, she's like she's the greatest. greatest of all time. I think when you when you when you read the story, I remember the, the, the when Sharapova was coming on, and like we're talking about somebody who, if if the establishment could could build. Uh, a, a woman tennis player they're probably going to build her looking like Sharapova you know one of the most disappointing things I heard was listening to Navratilova who I really adored when I was younger my mum loved tennis mm. listening to how Martina Navratilova lambasting Serena and Venus about their shapes their body and how they are manly it's what she went through yes. what she what went she through what Martina went, went through so, right? like, um, it's, honestly it was so yeah. bad and then when like I say, when Sharapova came along and that's, the, that's what they wanted. They were constantly talking about her shape. Yeah. Oh, she's not fit enough. Oh, they've got, you know what they've got to do? They've just got to run around the plate because she won't be fit enough. Her body shape, her bunda, her bum's too big. You know what I mean? Her mm. muscles are too big. And like the Sharapovas of this world, none of them could get anywhere near her. So for young black girls, they're saying, hang on a minute, she's got a body shape like that. She looks like, that. she's hammering everybody and people are still saying that, that it's a rivalry. It's not a fucking they rivalry. Wouldn't it, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't give it to her. That's the thing. And I think this they didn't the want they to. Would... They wanted it to be a rivalry so much because then if Sharapova, which she obviously couldn't, beat her enough for her to be the one that is up there on the pedestal, right? Mm. That is what they wanted. So as they can then go even harder on 
this is, you can't look like this to be a tennis player. You can't play like this. But what Serena done was defied everything. She defied them all. And then inspired a whole nation of girls who looked like she and looked she had a happy ending. Color. She had a happy ending. Crucially, here's the thing as well. Mm. How often do these sporting icons not get their happy ending? Like this is, shout out to Steffi Graf. Steffi just yes, won and just man, bounced, Steffi right? Bounced. And like <laughs> yeah, Serena. We talk about well, this all the time, don't Steffi, we? Steffi Graf just won and bounced. And Serena, you know, met a lovely man, got a family, and is just going to go and do her thing. And that's part of my concern is this as well. Like with this, when you have these sporting icons who are black, you're concerned for, they've given the world so much under all that pressure. You just want them to get their happiness as well. So you see like LeBron James, LeBron's going to be happy. You're fine. And it sounds, it sounds ridiculous. Look, I've never met these people. I'm not going to meet these people. I don't know these people. Mm. The thing about this is it's more like you look at them because you know in your own life, people who've given the world so much at so much cost to themselves. You're like, I hope that they get something for themselves in mm. a personal sense. And because they often don't like, you know, how many people we've seen like, you know, who don't get they're just desserts, despite providing the world with all this joy and all this inspiration. Um, so it's actually off the court as much as on the court. I'm like, I'm happy for her. I'm delighted for her. It's, it's a, a, one of, easily one of the greatest sports people of all time. So it's any we sport, any sport, sport, any gender. I, I think, I think if you put, if you put like a top 10 of all time, she's in even there. a top five, she's in there. Yeah. I don't she's think, in the top I don't five think of all time. Yeah. It's not even the, controversial. Not when it sound like Harry Redknapp when he was saying, when he's talking about Frank Lampard, but there ain't any doubt in my mind about that, lads. <laughs> I've got a funny feeling this show is going to be full of flowers. Fest. I think it's a flower fest. Listen, she deserves a whole Kew Garden of flowers. Wow. Let's give her a botanical, a botanical garden. Some people deserve a botanical garden. Uh, yeah. And that's her. Moose, I like it. The first, can I just say it? The first of botanical garden in Mighty's house. Yes. Serena Williams. Serena. I love that, Moose. <laughs> Serena Williams. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now onto some sad news. Is it sad? Is it sad? Um, I mean, it's sad on a personal you know, level. You know why it's why it's sad? Bittersweet. Because, huh? Bittersweet. Bittersweet. But um, the the love I have for Hector Bellerin, and you know something, he's a player that when he came on the scene, and they they called him the Spanish Roadman. <laughs> it's called him Spanish Roadman in London because <laughs> he's just like a roadman. He's so in touch. You know what he is? He is. He's an artist who plays right. football. That's yes. what he is. He's an artist who plays football. Man is so connected with everything, right? He's, we don't even want to go into the style. And what I used to love is that the people, they just can't, they couldn't deal. Sometimes you'd see him in a picture and you, you, it, you, can't, de- you can't deal with that. Swag yes. and style and, and just like how classy this guy is. And when he came on the scene, I remember it was, we had... Um, Gucci. 
Dubushi. He got pushed by Arnautovic into the hoardings at the Emirates and yes. did his shoulder. And yeah. that's how Hector got in. And his then Hector got in. But yeah. the things when Hector came in, and, you know, we always thought of his pace, obviously. Mm. And, you know, mm. starting at like at midfield at, at Barcelona, we turned him into a right back. And obviously, you could see the way he played. His pace, he was amazing. And I was, I was thinking, yeah, this is our guy for the next, easily the next 10 years. I think he missed out on the, F, the first FA Cup final, but then I think he played in... He missed, he missed the, one, uh, the 2014 he missed one. The 20, then he, he played he 2015. He, but that was Sanya. Sanya was still in the squad yeah. then. You know, the thing is, all the time, right, when, while he was there, Moose, he was mm. somebody that, especially when he was playing his stuff, he's obviously, Mikel's playing a different way now, but there was always a, a kind of like a, in the background, a vibe that, yeah, Barcelona's going to become knocking at this guy's door at some stage. He's going to go It was rumoured for it ages, was, wasn't it? Because, yeah. because also he broke in a couple of years after the whole, like, when they were just going on about signing Arsenal players or signing Fabregas and he's got Barca DNA. He's got yeah. Barca DNA. I was like, if I hear Barca DNA it's, one more time. You know, the thing is, it's the, way it's, the way it's finally happened. There he we, is. It's happened for him and I'm delighted and I hope that he gets to play well. I, if I'm going to be totally honest, because we've done the... Um, the podcast with him and Betis. I was. Well, I wanted him to go. to I'm Betis, desperate yeah. for him to go to Betis. I Only because you wanted to go and watch El Grand Derby. I wanted with to go him. with <laughs> him there. With him there, but they obviously they can't afford it. But I, you would never have thought that it would have ended like it's ended up. And he's going there. It's on a free. We're kind of pleased to see him go. Um, well, the management is pleased to see him go in the way it's going. And like in terms of like, uh, yeah, it, it, there's no, there was no place for him to get into the squad, but they wanted him to play because he's yes. so. That's yeah. That's what you mean by pleased to go, right? Yeah, that's the only way. I mean, I mean but in. Res- in respects of him and the way it's worked out, I just hope he can go there and just have a nice realisation, play well and do great. Because when you hear Mikel Arteta's conversation about when him and Sesk, him and Sesk, when him and um, Hector had the chat the day before, he said it wasn't like, it wasn't manager and, and, and play. It was like two friends. Speaking. They were in the same team together. Yeah. They won like the FA Cup and stuff together, didn't he's they? He's somebody so- that... um He's one, he's one of the great ones, I think, for us in respects of a club servant and the way he was. The injuries, I think, they took their toll on him for a certain, a p- yeah. certain time. You know, that knee, the first time, there was the knee. Yeah, that was you horrible. Know, that was a horrible. That was a horrible one. I kind of curtailed him a little bit. But in respects of a servant to the club and the way he is and the kind of guy he is, I'm sure that everybody heard him when he was on Wrighty's house, you know, the depth of him. Um, I'm, I, I really, really am so sad to see him go, and I just want you just want him to be happy. I want him to have happiness. Mm. I think he deserves mm. it the way he is. Having that year at Betis, yeah. which I think was so such a personal thing for him as well, because of his dad, dad being a Betis yeah. fan. <clears throat> yeah, them winning the copper as well, yes. which I think <laughs> is like <laughs> like he just went to Betis, won a copper, had an amazing season, and then has gone back to the club that he came up with. That's kind of an amazing journey yeah, for someone who yes. has been through quite a lot, especially on the injury front, and who, and who I think has had to learn to become a different player post cruciate ligament yeah. injury. Yeah, and I think yeah. Spain will suit him a little bit more for that, and Barca will because Javi's Barca will want to have all of the ball. They've never needed a player like that so much. Like sometimes a player comes to the club and you're like, is the player in the current? Is the club in its current setting deserve a player like that? Yeah, I think that's, it's different. That's like me. That's they, me. they need. They need a player like that. Mm. Like in the same way that like Barcelona needed Lewandowski to lock down the forward area and just bring the whole attack together. Like Lewandowski, they needed some of that energy. Actually, in a way that they needed Memphis too. Like when Barcelona were down, they needed some of the kind of ego, not in a bad way, the confidence of Memphis to go in and just claim it. 
And now they've got a finisher like Lewandowski to claim it. They need a player like Bellerin to remind them of what they were and can be. And that, you know, we'll get into the Luis Figo thing later, but what is so powerful about Barcelona is the identity. And this is the amazing thing about Bellerin. What I saw at Arsenal from the outside looking in, of course, is that when Arsenal was struggling in a traditional sense, like winning FA Cups, but not leagues. And, you know, Arsenal is such a great team that we expect the titles from them every so often, obviously with the financial inequalities, it's less likely, but at a time when Arsenal needed to be reminded of their identity, he carried that. And yes. that's bigger than any, I mean, that's bigger for that period. That's bigger than any league trophy, if I'm honest. Yeah. And he was, rep- he represented the club, I think during the lockdown as in the captain's meetings mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And was involved in a lot of really good causes. I think didn't the clubs raise a load of money for the NHS. And yeah. obviously he's been very vocal about really, really amazing stuff. Yeah, women's level. rights, you know, abortion. You know, it wasn't, one, it wasn't one, easy to do that. Yeah. And, yeah. and like at a one time when not a lot of football really gave our, play, yeah. our female players a lot of love. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> it just, I don't know, man. I mean, having had the pleasure of speaking to him mm. for that hour or so when we did the Writers House episode, and just really like when we were waiting for you to come on, we we're just talking about disco. Yeah. And just like, just someone who, I don't know, because I think active footballers, the ones that I've had experiences with, they're, it's really hard to get them to just actually be themselves a lot mm. of the time, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Especially in an interview sense when they're doing something like a podcast, right? I, mm. I get it if it's behind the scenes. They, they don't know you a lot of the time. They know you, yes. Ian, but like they, they'll come on and they'll be talking. But Hector straight away was just like, I'm just shooting the shit yeah. about stuff, talking about NTS and talking yeah. about like music and stuff like that. And like, you know what? You know, Hector, I'll tell you what, Hector, it's the kind of thing like, you see, if we, we went across to, to, to Hector's place and he said, I, you know what? Just come, come check me. Come check me for you know. Let's spend a day in that. You you know that that is going to be an unbelievable day. It's going to be unbelievable in the way that he is, the way his vibe is, his friends, his pro- people around him are all probably really mm. cool and chilled, and that you know that it's going to be that kind of like a utopian kind of vibe where everybody's so beautiful and peaceful. And wonderful. Mm. I want to go playing get, the best music, the eating the best, <laughs> playing the best music, eating the best food. People wearing the coolest clothes, just like without. But we're talking about the without people who are not no trying. Yeah. People are not trying. Yeah. You know, people people with money will put on this this kind of like situation and put you in a situation. But you'll feel you'll feel it because it's not genuine. It's not it's not a, a place that's built from love. It's built from the fact that they've got the cap- the capability of building it, and because they've yes. got the money to go bam. But what would I, yeah? Let's get a load of that. You feel like everything that will be in and around Hector's place and that is is it will yeah, be perfect. Yeah, I bet he has like at least one chair designed by Eames. Like, ab- <laughs> he does that. <laughs> and he'll have something that you will not have known about. I think we should wrap up on Hector and give him a load of flowers because it's we're we're it's obviously he's I'm been amazing. Yeah, like, same. Know, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm sad and glad to see him go because hopefully he's gonna go where he wants to be and, and finish beautifully. He yeah. needs, he deserves yeah. a good ending. Yeah, I agree. And I think he's going to do, I think he's going to do well at Barca. And uh, I hope he, you know, has many, many years left in his career because I think he's still, he's still a really, really good footballer. Yeah, I think absolutely. as we saw last season at Betis. So, um, yeah. so we do, staying, so, on, staying on Arsenal quick, yeah. because I know we did a load of it on Stadio, but um, do you want some, have you got any thoughts on like, the Man United game? Um, you know something, I, I thought that we, I thought that we, we, were, we, we went, and we were pretty good. I thought we was quite, <laughs> I was really quite, I was really quite impressed with the fact that we've not gone there and felt like, okay, we've won five on the spin. We went there and to the, 
to a certain extent, I think that when we when we when we brought it back to one one, one of the few times where we passed the ball through the lines, um, because Man United were pushing, forcing us out wide to Zach to to Saka, who was doubled up, and that it was very difficult. For some of the time, Jesus, like I done in um in the, in the analysis, when he was out out outside the box, there was wasn't people weren't attacking it enough, and when we did do that, we scored. And I thought that when we went to one one. We should have just like said, okay, yeah, we're at Man United, but we're not in no rush. You know what I mean? We're mm. going to play it. I thought Erdogan, they should have played a bit more and then just got Man United to come onto us and then bam, pass through them, bam. But we just went. We went at them. I don't know if it's because of our youth or something. It's a little bit of inexperience, I think. fucking went for them. And, and in the end, you know, like Mikhail said, you know, you know there was in, a bit of indiscipline, um, weren't brave enough. And you could see it to a certain extent because... Um, I thought that uh, Martin Erdegaard, when you saw, I saw, I saw Ericsson follow him all the way across the pitch once. Moose, where I was thinking, yep, yeah, that's his job. Once mm. they haven't got the ball, where's Erdegaard? And he was on him. And in the, in, literally, in the, same, in the same sequence, he followed him up the pitch, followed Erdegaard, and then the ball, the ball broke there. And then when they came back to the middle of the pitch, Erdegaard did not stay with him. Mm-hmm. He did right. that match today, right? Yeah. Yeah, I saw Did that not thing. stay. And yeah. you know what? I was thinking, no, Martin, don't. And then what happens is where you know, Moose, that off is Erdogan. When the ball, <clears throat> it's like <clears throat> the realisation, right? When the, the person <clears throat> with time on the ball, you could see it happening in Erdogan's head. Ericsson's got a lot of time. Bruno's yes. in space. And then all of a sudden, he tries to sprint to him. And that's it's when you realise it's too late. And why I have to give Man United the credit? Because they were... Fucking ruthless in the way they yeah. finished us in those situations. Ruthless. Bam, Ericsson, uh, Fernandez, and Fernandez, as much as like it can be quite not, he's passed with the outside of foot. That was so good. It was beautiful in the way the ball was, you know, you'd have thought that he would have done it with his left foot to get the power so it can run all the way up there. Outside of the right foot, inside yeah. pass, not like in the through the gap. Inside. So so Rashford came in onto it, and then I was really pleased for Rashford simply because. Same with the Liverpool game when we was there. I was pleased for him. And that's when um that's when Curtis Jones was telling me to sit oh, down. Yeah. Yeah. Sit down. <laughs> I said, no, 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 I'm pleased for Rashford because if he he's another one of those people that everything he does it quite is quite defining. And if he misses mm. that, it goes yes. to that place again of real negativity. And what I've seen yes. with him up to this point, with the last few goals he scored, especially the two he scored against us, is somebody that is, that's me. I'm I, if I'm going through on that, I'm scoring. And it was all yes. perfect for them. And, you know, we, I can't complain about that because I think that we went there with the right attitude and just showed a little bit of naivety. And I thought the mm. Man United in the current climate, those players, man, you don't want the Man United players to get that fucking confidence. No. Ericsson's, Ericsson's the one. And <laughs> Rashford looks, he looks like, oh, yeah, Reborn. I'm Reborn. fucking starting. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm putting this pot on the fire now because I'm getting ready. <laughs> in the, he's in the, this, I'm trying to do a Musa. He's in the cupboard. Yes, this is the right pot. Boiling the water. I'm, I'm ready to cook. Because like he looks, in that instance, in that instant, right, guys, he looks, he's unstoppable. There's no one that's going to stop him. The only thing that's going to stop him is if the pass isn't good enough or he t- his touches are not good enough. You can see even with, um, I think both of them, he's got a little both of the finishes got a little clip off of somebody. They just yes. weren't quite there in time like Ben White. And then I think that there's someone else with the goalkeeper. It just slipped under the foot and it, but he's getting the luck now. Yes. And that is why I, I, I wasn't too disappointed with it. Yeah, I wasn't too, I, you can imagine I got a lot of shit because people saying, ah, ah, yeah, yeah. 
Isn't it ironic? It's ironic because he gave he got the same treatment from Ten Hag that uh, Mourinho got from Tammy. Now, obviously, they gave to Tammy. Like, so he, he's like, I'm gonna, you're young. I'm going to make you my nine. And obviously, when Zlatan was there, he couldn't give him that because mm. of you know, Zlatan and all the rest of it. But like Van Hal, for example, you know, seeing that in him, seeing that and just, it's, Rash was almost the kind of player where you have to, you have to gamble on him. Mm. You, have to, you have to back him because we've just seen consistently whenever a manager has truly backed Rashford through the middle, and put resources behind him because he's so gifted. He can, mm. he can play out wide yes. and do a job yeah, there. Yeah. But he really, you know, we saw him start. He was his debut. Like he was brilliant against those Arsenal and scored the two goals yeah. that time. Mm-hmm. That's who he is. Like that's that really who pace, is. With that kind of pace and that. And the touch. Good and the time touch as well for the, in terms of the World Cup. It was a good mm. time to start hitting some good form and consistent mm. form and looking like he's returning to the player that we all yes, thought he could be. Because he's fucking dangerous. Yeah, yeah man. Are we giving him, I mean, we're giving everyone else can flowers. Yeah, we're giving, him, give him we're giving some, some flowers. I think I want to give him flowers simply because the journey that he's on and he will continue to be on for the rest of his career simply because of what's happened to him off the field and what he's done. He's mm. always going to be somebody that's going to be scrutinised and it's, it's yes. going to be his football, his football form which is going to keep them off of him. That's what I believe because mm. as soon as it stops happening, like we saw, oh, it's because he needs to fucking concentrate on his football. He needs to do this. He's doing too much outside. So that's why he's somebody that I get very nervous about watching because I feel that there's so much pressure on him they, you know, there's yes. more pressure simply because of who he is and what he's, and, and he's at that club. So I'm yes. just pleased that that's, you know, I'm going to give him some flowers simply yeah. because I just like the way it's working out for him. Can I just, you know, there's somebody sure. else quickly. It will be. <laughs> <laughs> it will be no. <laughs> you know something? I'm so pleased with the way it's going for him because I remember Arsenal fans, and it's the same thing what they've done with, um, with um, Oxlade-Chamberlain. They ridiculed him when he left. We went there for a little bit, into Liverpool, done a couple of things, said, ah, that's what 40 million gets you. It's the same with Iwobi. I, didn't, I think that, I remember watching him play in the midfield, early days for Arsenal at West Ham, and you're seeing something. We're not seeing the guy, okay, he doesn't score enough goals. We're not seeing him score enough goals. We're not seeing that last bit of assist, but ease, ball progression, and work rate what Frank has now recognised and put him in there. And you know when you can really feel it when you watch the Everton fans and listen to the Everton fans when he's doing his work. They are adoring him now. I'm loving the way it's working out for Iwobi. I'm, I, and I got a lot of shit because like when I done my um, analysis on Iwobi for Match of the Day, I got a load of people who m- m- say, Ian Wright only fucking an- analyses the black players. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said, I didn't even say anything. You know what I mean? Because people seem to think I've got a burner account or something and answer it. <laughs> <laughs> if I speak, if I speak. If I speak. But like the thing with him is, is that you, you try, to, try to explain to these people because I don't want to get vexed with him. I'm saying, I'm just talking about somebody's making a massive difference to whatever and need. The work mm. rate, the way he's, he's ball progression, he's passing, everything. He's the pass before the assist. People don't realise it, but the Everton fans are now starting to realise if they get the right, if they get the right players in and around him, he is going to be a force for them. He's going to do it. And I'm pleased for him because he was ridiculed. Oh my God, Everton Everton have paid what for Iwobi? They'll see. They'll see. And when you watch him, the Everton fans already recognise how important he is to them. There are players, I think, who have, who... I think in an ideal world, their career would have gone the other way around. 
So I think, no disrespect to Everton or anything like that, but for example, if Iwobi had come through at Everton, he'd be getting the hype and the price tags flowing around like Gordon is. Yes. His ability to link and his actually, his ability to control tempo is just something that we never really saw at Arsenal because he was never played in the role or the no. positions that he could do that. And I think recently at Everton, you've seen his ability to do that. And maybe that's a maturity thing as well. But also just how people get pigeonholed as a certain kind of player at a club because they're playing a very, very specific role in the team that's expected to challenge for titles. Mm -hmm. Whereas actually, if someone like Awobi had come through at, I don't know, like maybe maybe come through at Leicester, say, for example, or maybe come through... Southampton. Southampton, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. prime example. Like like with, with Chambo. Yes. They get a different rep. Can we be honest though? The Iwobi backlash, the, the backlash, the Iwobi backlash, let's be honest, a lot of it is because people can't, fans can't forgive themselves for having fallen in love with you. That's what it is. <laughs> like they fall in love with the player. It doesn't work out how they want. And they're like, what do I do all this love and grief? Mm. I've got to throw it into anger because it's I can't like that just thing process we always it. Say on yeah, Stadio, right? I'm it. sick of getting my heart broken by men I've never met. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think there was someone. Yeah, go on, Moose. One of my, fa my favourite Twitter bios, there was someone, um, shout out to Cecile. She closed down her account a few, um, uh, she's French, she closed her account down a few months ago, a few years ago, sorry, and is off there having a good life, doing something else for herself, you know, probably more sensible thing on Twitter. But her bio, Cecile's bio was, I hate because I care. <laughs> <laughs> I think a Wobi would never have got to get to this level if he stayed at Arsenal simply because he came through at Arsenal. Mm. It moved him everywhere. That's what I mean, yeah. It moved him everywhere. And it's like I said, yeah. So, yeah. Although he joined as a, but he still like, yeah. he got moved all over the moved place. Moved all over the place. It would never have happened for him at Arsenal for him to do what he's no. doing now because you look at his work rate and his work rate kind of playing that 68-ish kind of like Black position is is unbelievable. You need, and it's the kind of intensity that Mikel wants now and, and, and needs now. We need that. We need somebody who can press like that. But I'm pleased that when you go to something, not pleased, but when you go somewhere like Everton for that money, at some stage, this is what I find, mm. you have to try and find value for the money. So you have to say, right, let's try him in here. And it's obvious that Frank has seen him in training and he's and he's seen him play like that. He said, you know what, let me. Let me try him in there because you can't just buy him for the money you've bought him for. Play him on the wing, play him full, play him like wing back, not play him in there because that's where he probably wants to play in the middle where he is. Playing everywhere else, playing as 10, whatever you're going to play him. And he's never quite had the opportunity. And I think because of the amount of money you spend, somewhere along the line, you've got to get value for the money. So you try him in there and it's working. You know, it's working. For you, this is why one day I want Frank Lampard to start up a midfielders academy. <laughs> because if you look at like Mason Mount and all the rest of it, like if you look yes. at the players that he's really developed, yeah. when they had that kind of that skill to be the glue guy, and I look at someone like Tony Cruz because his midfield, his academy, like it's not a midfielder's academy, but I just think someone like Lampard is such a, it's no, I think it's no accident that the best aspects of his coaching have come in that area because he's someone that does read the game well and mm. does see that quality in people and does see that ability to like develop a game and run a game. And to, to Lampard's credit and to Awobi, Awobi, Lampard suffered from the same thing. Like if Lampard hadn't scored as many goals as he had, he got the headlines for the goals, but actually here's the weird thing about Lampard. I actually always felt that the goals were the least impressive part of his game. Mm. Much as I loved watching him score goals, the most impressive thing about Lampard was Lamp Lampard in his day could play Anywhere in the midfield yeah. three. Six, eight, he could, ten. He could play six, eight, ten. He could mm. do all of this. Sorry, sorry. And I think... And there ain't yeah. any doubt in my mind about that. I'm sorry to do <laughs> that. <laughs> 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 it's true though, Moose. Yeah. 
His yeah. ego was out of it completely. We knew that he was yeah. a gold monster, but his ego, because I've seen him play like the six, just bam, pass it there. Bam, pass it, just stop people. See him do the eight, see him do the 10, see him so do everything. Amazing, yeah, yeah. amazing at it, yeah. Take the ball, pass yeah. the ball, baby. Take the ball, pass yeah. Jesus, everybody's just sneaking in, just nicking flowers from a fucking stall. I've got to give some yeah, it's, the, it's the end of summer sale. It's the end of summer right his house flower sale. <laughs> I'm giving a Wobie some simply because I'm loving what's happening for him and I like the way he's, he's trajectory. I love the fact that he's doing something somewhere where they need exactly what he's doing right yeah. now. Somebody for the fans to, to, to like bank on, somebody that's going to never ever give less than what he gives and he, he deserves that because I just hate when players like him, all they want to do is play and express themselves and just get on with it and they're just continually being like, downtrodden so I'm glad he's getting some love and can we be real there, there are a few better places in England to be a beloved hero than Everton Everton yeah they will like, love you they will you love I mean? you alright yeah exactly should we move on to someone who started as a hero and lived long enough to become the villain <laughs> yes so we all watched the Luis Bigo Affair mm -hmm. documentary on Netflix brilliant in the last week which if you haven't watched it by the way please go and watch it it's it is magnificent. incredible magnificent insight uh, it's all about the famous, infamous transfer from Barcelona to Real Madrid, uh, how it came about, interviews with a lot of the key people the, the involved. The first Galactico. He was the first Galactico, right? Mm. It's like Captain America, the first Avenger. Yes, he, that's who he is. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. It's exactly that, right? Oh my God. And can, can I say as well, in respects of Figo, when he, when he, when he went there, um, you know, I, I, you hear about, you hear about these people because you, you, you just hear about them because people talk about, oh, this, this player, Portuguese fella called Figo. You hear about these guys. We don't see it. When I saw him at Barcelona, because he went there and it was massive. It was massive news. Yeah. The, the airport and everything, all the, everything what happened with him with, uh, with his unveiling. But like, I didn't realise how good Figo was. Right. I did not know how good he was until you start seeing what he was capable of doing. Then you hear people like Roberto Carlos saying, when you're going to play against, you don't sleep. Yeah. Yes. You don't sleep. Roberto Carlos. Roberto Carlos. You know, can I just quickly say, before we get into the analysis of Figo, just a shout out to the makers of this documentary, The Figo Affair, because oh, it was God. absolutely got everybody. jaw dropping. Put it this everybody way, you know how good it was? It. You know how good it was? Mm -hmm. I was watching it. And I thought I'd been watching it for half an hour and I look at the time and it's 10 minutes in because I'm absorbing everything. Mm. I'm like going, oh my There's God, a the lot access. In there. there is a lot. The access. Yeah. And can I say this as well before we get into more generally, the haunted expressions of each of the people involved as they talk about mm. 20 years ago. Even the ones who benefited from it, Pep. they still look a bit... Pep, Pep, is Pep pops incredible. up and he's just like, wow, 20 years ago, huh? Ooh. Yeah. But you know like, what? Was like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, also, I'm like, hang on a minute. A lot of these people haven't spoken to each other it's for the years. It's the archive, the quality of it. Do you know what, as well, I was thinking, before we go into it properly, but there is a link from, do you remember the, um, the Four Classicos? Yes. Pep Mourinho. Mm. And there's one bit where Pep goes into, Pep snaps, he goes into a press conference and he's, and he's yes. looking, he's like, which one is his camera? Mm -hmm. And he looks right down the camera and, he's, and, he's, and he calls him Jose because he says, mm -hmm. he calls me yeah. Pep. So I'm going to call him Jose and he snaps. I think there's a direct link from Pep's heartbreak from Figo leaving yes. to that press conference. <laughs> of course there is. Yeah, of course. And you can see it. It's another, yeah, yeah. It's another heartbreak because Mourinho mm. and Pep were close at Close Barcelona. at Barcelona, yeah. yeah. When you see Pep in this, and Pep's an incredible, it's funny because you can study this documentary from each protagonist's perspective. Like even when you saw him at a, at a birthday party of these, these little, uh, Figo's little girl, the way he's just sitting in the corner, Pep, it really to be honest, was Ian, quite uh, sweet. Uh, yeah. Ian, Ian, Ian I, I lost myself in them. 
I'm mm. like, oh my goodness, this beautiful man. I'm like, oh my god, how did he get they're, to be? They're, they're extremely. They're, that's an extremely handsome pair of best friends, isn't it? <laughs> it's true. How does this man? How do you get to look like Luis Figo and play football at that level? It's just not fair. That was my first take on it. The second thing I'll say about the Figo thing, and we'll get into it as a player. Mm. The thing that made him incredible, because obviously I was, you know, I was a big fan of Michael Laudrup before that, and yes. Laudrup, another player that went between yeah, Barcelona yeah, and Real. Yeah. But that was different. That was different because it was very obvious to people that that the dirt had kind of been done on Laudrup. Yeah. So people were like, you know what? We kind of messed this guy around. The Figo thing, and this is what's amazing about this series, uh, this documentary is the only person who did not underestimate the possibilities within football was Perez. Mm. He is the only person in the whole documentary mm. who was not surprised by any of the unfolding events at any mm. point. It's am- yeah. the, great, the great moment on the couch when Joan Gaspar is there, the then present Barcelona, mm. and he's like, you're very tense. And, 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 and uh, Perez is chill. Mm. And it's like, well, of course he's tense because he knows he's about to be eaten and he's sitting next to his apex predator. Yes. And the amazing thing about this documentary but is- Barcelona actually nobody... win that game though. Yeah, they but here's that... the way. Yeah, but they won the battle, but they lost, they lost the war. Well, right? this is the thing. Well, I think this is the thing the that is that the, the, the Figo affair is, is more of a, it's, it's less about the individual transfer and more about what would, <sighs> there's a lot wrapped up in that transfer, I think, from Madrid- or like Spain and Catalonia, Madrid and Barcelona specifically yes, as cities, yes. and this new president coming in that didn't just want one of the best players in the world, but wanted to essentially just like put their foot on Absolutely. the club. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I think it was so seismic and that it was this... Yeah, but right, yes. they've taken arguably at the time one the great it's, it's best player in the world, right? Yes. At Barcelona's captain, you know, and and Madrid have taken him away. It's chess, it's chess. Like for instance when he got the when he got the call when Paolo Futre, because I think Paolo Futre looks like an... I'd, I'd love to see... Like, I think that's the first time that someone other than Musa has dropped the first Paolo Futre reference on the podcast. I, like, I remember... Yeah, but the thing is, Paolo Futre, when we was young, because remember he came across here and played for yes. West Ham for yeah. a bit. Yes, yes, right? yes. And if, if he didn't play... Paul, John Monker tells a great story. If he's not playing number 10, he literally leaves. He, he, <laughs> he, he leaves. He's one of those characters. And even in it, Figo, when they mention Paolo Futre... Figo does a, he kind of laughs and smiles at like, hey. because yeah. he was a hero. He was a hero. He was yes. like for me, he was meant to be the next like Maradona the way he played. I, yes, I, he was I, incredible. I, he was incredible. And when he tells you how this started, and then he phoned his um, Figo's agent. The agent he hung up. He had yes. to. He had because he was in the room with um, F- Florentino Perez. He had to act like he was still on the phone, mm-hmm. and that's when he done all this. But like, and he said it started with a lie. It started with a lie, but at, you're right, Moose, because at no stage, and the more I watched it, and I was watching it again yesterday, Florentino P- Perez, at no stage did that man look like this wasn't going to happen. It's, right. And you know, you, you look at Figo, Figo saying, Fuck, it's fucking impossible. Don't, stop bothering me. No, no, don't, you know, it's not, it's not going to happen. Even Gaspar. Everyone Gaspar else said, is naive in there, everyone else, about? everyone else is naive, but, but Perez. But everyone Perez? Else, no one else, no one else can see history approaching. No one else. Figo, you can see, has been seduced by, obviously by money, money, by security, but also, but first of all, by fandom. Because if anybody else contacts him like Paolo Futre did about that deal, it doesn't have the same mm. thing. But you see, he still adores him even now. My mm. idol, right? Your idol says, let's get on, let's get on this investment. Let's, it's like watching someone trying to sell someone crypto, right? The only person <laughs> you'll buy crypto off is someone you worship. At Maradona. This point. Maradona could sell it, me crypto. Yeah. Yeah, right. He could sell you it now. If Maradona called you, 
God bless him. If he called yeah. you now from beyond, he'd be like, oh, Ian, buy crypto. you do it. Yes. Because it's Maradona. <laughs> and, you, and you see the genius There's a joke there about only getting into heaven with Bitcoin or something. I don't know. I just, uh, this, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but like, the, the seduction, the way that everyone is seduced mm. is incredible. And the, you know, what's amazing about this documentary is, is not that it leaves questions unanswered. It doesn't do that. But it leaves questions open. So you're like, when you see that Vega starts representing um, Figo because he goes into like do the Benfica sporting stuff, you're like, yeah, but what's their relationship like now? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, and, and Gaspar as well. Gaspar, the way, because he, he, he looks very sick. He looks, he, but, you know what? I think ultimately. Yeah, it broke his presidency, didn't it? Mm. Basically. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the problem. We, this is the problem. We've seen this before with Barcelona, right? The two defining transfers of the last 25 years have gone against Barca, the Neymar one, and the Figo one. And why did both of them happen? Because of the naivety of the people running the club. Yeah. You know, the, the contract Gaspar, was, Gaspar, They me, should have put a ring on it. They should have put a ring on it. Oh, he kept asking for money. Listen, he's the best player in the world. If he wants him. four times the money, yep. you pay him four times the money. I mean, this please, is, a, sorry to yeah, comment, but no, this no, is no, a no, difference no. because there's something, this whole like, um, more than a club thing. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. a lot, and Barcelona, we've talked about this numerous times on study about how Barcelona really dying out on that. Whereas, what's really interesting in that when, in this documentary specifically, is when Perez unveils Figo. Mm. Yeah, De Stefano is there, mm. which is yes. like yes. the equivalent of bringing Johan Cruyff out to mm. every single unveiling at Barcelona. Yeah. Yes, but also it's his speech where he says, "The fans will love you, the members will love you, and the directors will love you," mm. which is a di- which is a specific reference to, to the, fact that the yes. reason that he left. Figo was just like I felt underappreciated yes. as a player. And I think that the, the, the thing about that is that when you're a player of that significance at a club like Barcelona or any major club in world football, it's just a tiny seed that can just get like just watered go, and watered go. and watered. And then before you know it, like because he, he calls like the people from sport, right, to come and do that thing about saying, I'm not going. Here's my Barcelona mm. shirt. Mm. And I actually don't think he wanted to go. No, I don't think he, he wanted to go. go. And, and then I think it's like he then gets pushed into this situation via circumstance and I think poor representation yeah, but, and just basically yes. getting yeah. getting lent on by people. Yeah, in but certain right. Ways. Remember, there was there was a time in it where the agent where he said to the agent, just keep going. I think he said to the agent, just keep making a call, see what happens. Because yeah, do what you have he genuinely to do be, to he genuinely believe, and yeah. I know because yeah. I've been in this kind of contract situation. I remember with Arsenal. I remember it's even before when because remember I told you about the there was a time when Palmer came in for me. And I remember there was yeah. a little time where Sam Dory was sniffing around. And I was saying to him, yeah, yeah, just keep talking because you think, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get no- a better offer yeah, here. Yeah. I've got no intention of leaving Arsenal. None at all. And the way Figo says it is, yeah, keep talking. Yeah, yeah. Because Figo genuinely believes there's no fucking way these are not going to let me go. Exactly. And remember yeah. at the time, the buyout clause was 60 million. Gaspar actually huge. said, no one, anybody who's willing to pay that late. In that kind of laughy, kind of jokey manner. Which is exactly yes, what they the did contempt. for Neymar. Yeah. Right? Yes, yes. You know, yes, exactly. In that man- it's and, exactly and the this. arrogance, because they think this is Barcelona. Who's going to do that? Not knowing that we're, we're dealing with Florentino Perez. The bit when Gaspar talks about himself in the third person. Yeah. When he hangs up, when he calls, Figo calls, Figo, uh, he says that Figo calls me up and mm. Figo disputes it. There's obviously a lot of historical revisionism. Who yes. knows? He's telling, but the fact that, like, the fact that when Gaspar tells the story, recounts the story, he talks about himself in the third person. It's so interesting. Yeah, like but the ego. That, yes, I think the, he's he, he, th- he thinks, you know, he's, he thinks he's talking to the most talented, let's say like you're, you know, you're the Pope and you're talking to the most, the most talented, like, you know, 
young up and coming uh, speaking up, oh, become an atheist. I'm losing my faith in God. No, you'll never leave us. You'll never leave the Roman Catholic mm. church. It's like that. It's like, it's the confidence in the institution and the arrogance without remembering. Yes. Barcelona is more than a club. The reason it's more than a club is because actual directors died like for political purposes. It's more than a club because, and the point is individuals did things that made this institution great. Mm-hmm. You're the president of this club, right? So those directors never took the club for granted. You shouldn't either. Yes. And Gaspar, Gaspar in that moment was like, I'm like, I saw that thought, you're trading off history. You're assuming you can just sit there with the best player in the world and just be like, oh, you know, and he almost like, you know, go away, my child. We're busy. Exactly. We have, elec- well, we have do- elections. We have elections. We're, we're not doing no mm. contracts in this time. Now, and I do- watched that yeah. Barcelona team. Mm-hmm. I watched that Barcelona team and those two Louis van Gaal league championships, they won back to back. They were very, very awkward. He brought in some Dutch players. It wasn't mm-hmm. much chemistry. It was very, very awkward. Chabi was there, but in and out of the team. Mm-hmm. It was very, very, they owed a lot to the individual brilliance of Rivaldo and Luis Figo. So when Luis Figo says, I bailed out Van Gaal plenty of times in the last two years, that's what he means. He's like, join the queue, buddy. Really join the queue. <laughs> <laughs> this, team was being, mm. this team was being held together mm. by more individual brilliance than systems. But Moose, right? this is why as a, a player, you recognise that because it's, you know, you go through a phase, right? I remember there was a phase I was going through where we were winning at Arsenal 1-0-1 and I was scoring it. You cannot help but feel like fucking. I'm fucking. I'm doing it, man. This mm. is. I'm do. You do not think that for one second upstairs that they're not going to say, "Listen, man, we we got to make sure he's okay." Figo only wanted a better deal. Yeah, he didn't realize that, that um, the lengths that Florentino Perez will go to get him because what it would mean to him. Because remember. They've just won, I think they've won the, the Champions League or something. They won, yeah, they won two years. Won, yeah. right, two, yeah. two years, right? So yeah. he's, he's the yeah. incoming president. He has to fucking come with some flex. Yeah, man. He had to come with some flex. And that is a flex. That's, to be a, fair. that's, that's the flex. And when you look at his face, which is so great for me, like you say, Moose, and rightly say, this man at no stage didn't believe this wasn't going to happen. Everybody's saying it's impossible. No so I want to talk. Don't want to talk about it. When Futre says about the amount of money you want for, and this is the thing with um, with with Figo's agent, he hung up on Futre, and Futre had to act like he's still on it. Put the phone down. Then he said about the the commission, the fee, what he's yes, going to get. Yes. So this is why it cut. Whatever we say, Moose, about him not wanting to go, to, him saying, "Yeah, keep talking to them." Money, because yes. when he said there's six million, ten million, ten million commission fee, he said five, six, done. Then he goes back to phone um, his agent. All of a sudden, he's listening. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's listening. Money so talks, man. What, what I was really sad in that situation, because after that point, that deal was not, not going to happen. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Because when you see Figo, every, this man's face, is, he's, his body, his body is like, I remember when Chelsea got in touch, I put a transfer request in and all that. From that, from that moment on when they accepted it and then we, we was going through that kind of like it's a week or something, I was fucking devastated inside thinking, please God, don't make this happen. Please God, don't make this happen. Thank God it didn't happen. That is the, I, I could totally recognise how Figo was feeling in that moment because you saw it he when doesn't he gets, want it to happen. When he gets unveiled there and he's just like, this, oh there's like this glazed look in yeah, his face and he's doing the voiceover saying, you're almost, you're there, but you're not there. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder what that Barcelona side would have wanted he stayed because I don't think they kickstarted. Like we say, it doesn't, he was the first Galactico and mm. I don't think you... Like, Perez basically starts off on the back foot if he doesn't leave. If, 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 yeah. if 
Vigo doesn't go. That, do you know what? We need to do a what if about this. A what if. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Because I yes. think the next 15, 20 years of Real Madrid, I actually think the whole the Galactico, 21st does it century of Real Madrid is completely different. Completely different. Of course it is. Yeah, you're completely yeah. right, Ryan. It's completely different. For for anyone who's who's young enough or too young to remember what he was like at his peak, I would recommend going and finding all of the highlights and just watching this documentary actually because some of the, the way he played football, he was... He's an all-time great. Like he's, think, yeah, he's an absolute all-time yeah, 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 great. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. someone who I just think could play in any side in any era because of yes. the skill set that he has. You know what else? He actually looked like a 1960s winger. He looked like an old school. When I saw him yeah, dribbling, I'm like, hang yeah. on a minute. Govincha. How was this man? He was so fast, but he looked slow because he would float. Mm. But he'd be an he eight now. Float. He'd be a, quite a very yeah. physical eight nowadays, I think. I think what was, was, what was, you know what I think? That's interesting. What was yeah, fascinating so. um, about it is... For, for us to see from the inception to the end, um, an elite player, one of the greatest in the world and the negotiations and how it worked and watching mm. the player himself, the elite player himself, deep down, not really wanting to go. Obviously he went there and they won stuff and Barcelona, like, he's, like they didn't win anything for five years. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. when he left. So it was, his last, it was his last year at Real Madrid that they won the league again before he went to Inter. Mm. And so we're talking about seeing an elite player the negotiations to go to, well, not only a massive club, but their biggest rivals and how that can have an effect on your life, mm. on your whole life. I want to throw in this very quickly as well. One thing I want to sort of say, maybe I'm just like, uh, this is just me sort of throwing a hot take out there. It's not for the first time, but Joseph Vegas says this thing. I was the biggest, I was you know, the biggest football agent in the world. Yeah. He says it in a rueful way. And I wonder if, even though he got three, you know that thing, that, that old meme, I've won, but at what cost? Mm-hmm. He gets his three million euro commission, mm. but he's utterly out of his depth, actually. He signs a clause promising 30 million euros. Wild. If the transfer it doesn't, doesn't happen. happen and, 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 and Perez puts that clause towards the end. Now this Perez basically was in the world of construction, right? Construction companies and whatever. Like it's a different league to football. Like it's a different league. And it's almost like, you see it often, you see it with Barcelona before, People come from outside the business world, coming into football and just cleaning house because the type of business world they're moving in Mm. is ultimately on a different level. Like the thing about, you know, I put the clause at the end. I put the clause at 30 million. It's almost gives the impression that Jose Vega didn't pay proper attention to that (laughs) because he put that third, because if he had paid proper attention, he wouldn't have gone to see Figo on that beach in a suit begging to sign it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Figo should have realized how desperate they were. And I wonder if, I think, I wonder if that is what broke Faker in terms of his ego and like, I've been completely outplayed here. Mm. I thought I was the top dog and I'm not even close. And in fact, Perez was like the Greek in the wire. You know what I mean? He, I was lose. Watching he couldn't is, lose. He, you know what? Perez so he was, couldn't He was lose. the Greek, yeah. I think like no. maybe he wouldn't have, it would have been in, in the long term, what would have happened to Real Madrid if he doesn't go would have, would yeah. be interesting. That's why I can't wait for your what if. But the fact is, is that he covered his ass properly. Mm. Yes you know, financially is covered. And like, in the end, you have to say it was um, Vega who was under the most amount of pressure the most to make pressure, Figo yes. go. And you could see, okay, we saw... What have I done? Do you, what do you, I think, done? Him, do you think him and Figo still speak now because he... I don't think so. It doesn't, it doesn't seem, no, it doesn't seem like it. They, seem he like didn't it. represent him when he moved to Inter. He'd already stopped he must being have, his agent. Yeah, he must yeah. have. Yeah, because like, you could, you could see there's a kind of like a resignation to Vega when he's sitting there, the way he's speaking... You know, yeah. you get the impression that his face looks like a face that was that says, mm, maybe I would have done things differently. And yeah. I feel like he's, he may, he, I get the impression he's lost a friend. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like that. It, it felt did, like that. It did. Because, because when, know, he, when he said, because when he said, I put my side of the story now after 20 years, it's like, okay, this isn't the thing you've talked about with yeah. this guy beforehand. Mm, yeah. Mm. yeah. I think um, if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It's, yes. It features some amazing old footage as well of Barcelona oh and God, uh, a lot of young Pep a little reminder about how good a footballer Pep was yeah. as well back yeah in the I, day. Love, I love that yeah 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 and yeah. Uh, Pep's heartbreaking kind of emotional uh, interview that he gives when, when when so when Figo's real. gone and he's just yeah. uh, and I, th- I think it's a really really fascinating I mean obviously it's it's hammed up a little bit because it would be impossible not to with those kind of characters involved but the interviews are really really human and mm. personal mm. But also, I just think it's a really fascinating insight into what can happen during a transfer of this size, because mm-hmm. it was kind of like the first one of its type, yeah. really, in the mm-hmm. modern era. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. And actually, just a reminder of how good Luis Figo was at football. And I've got a suggestion. Go on. Because it's been a while since we've inducted anyone in. <gasps> now it's all. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Should he go on the Wall of Fame? Absolutely. Luis Figo goes on the Wall of Fame. Absolutely. I love that film. Yeah, wow. Yeah, Luis Figo, welcome to the Rise House Hall of Fame. There you go. Are you right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, thank you very much. Um, I'm going to have to say, you're going to have to leave but it's kind of the house. It's yeah, but it's house. so funny seeing me. We've got Musa on this. For those who who haven't seen, well, I wouldn't have seen, right and I in the studio, Musa's on the screen on the from screen. Berlin and it's it feels like it feels just very important. Yes, it feels like we're, <laughs> he's telling us. He, you know what he feels like? Official number delegation. one from Spectrum, where just he's getting ready to tell us what we, <laughs> what we need to do. For the work. We're looking at us looking at the screen. We're talking, to, we're, talking, we're talking to Moose, and Moose just said, I stuck a 30 million euro clause at the end. <laughs> yeah. That's what he's doing. And he just hangs up. So, Moose, we'll see you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Nice one. Right, thank you very much, my friend. Thanks, man. Much love. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, yeah, that was um, I've really enjoyed that. Hopefully, you enjoyed it too. And I'll uh, I'll see you again next week. Whatever you're doing, stay safe, dude.